This is the Press Conference Podcast, Mixtape 11. We've got a big one this week. I'm here, I'm Dave, and I'm here with Phil. What's going on? Not much, man. How about you? <laughs> not, not much, mate. Uh, just been doing the uh, the school holiday grind. Um, got Harvey yep. with me most of the week, but uh, back at work. Well, this already come out, so I'll be back at work for like three weeks. So kind of looking forward to that and looking forward to that. What have you been up to? Well, you haven't worked in three weeks. Oh, you haven't worked in yeah. three weeks. God damn. It must be nice. Yeah, well, the first week was COVID, and you don't want to do that. No. Um, that's good, though, man. Yeah. What have I been up to? Uh, since we last recorded, not too much. Um, went to Trophy Eyes last night. That was a great. That was great. Yeah, nice. Um, just the same shit, man. Just gigs, listening to music, watching the cricket. Can't complain. Yeah. Last all right. Very good. So, uh, if uh, for all those people not looking at the uh, the episode title and the the description, <laughs> um, what have we got this week? So this week we have a band that we have been talking about f- for maybe uh, five to six months, four to six months, yep. something like that. I think uh, we spoke about them. We spoke about them in a few episodes. Uh, across the last few months. Um, but yeah, finally had the pleasure of chatting with them on the pod. Uh, went to their live show the other week, uh, their first gig in Melbourne. I think we spoke about that a little bit as well. And we covered that a lot in the pod today, but yeah, really excited to, to welcome Ben and Ricky um, from Saving Face. Beauty. This is a great one, guys. So we're going to play the smash and get into it. So, Ben and Ricky, welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me, man. It's so cool. Um, as soon as we saw like your first song go up, uh, it was either in Silly Goose Club or ABC. Both Phil and I were just talking about you guys straight off the bat. Mm. I'm so sorry I couldn't make the first show. I was just away with the family and... Um, yeah, I'll be definitely catching you guys next time from what I've heard. No, that's awesome, man. Thank you. Um, well, I guess, like, we'll, I mean, we'll just touch and base about it before we actually started recording. But I guess talking about that first show, how, how was it for you guys? I mean, playing for the first time. Look, we've, um, <laughs> we've been a band for, well, we've been an active band on the scene. Like, we were announced in, like, probably I think February or March or something like that. So it's been four months then sort of waiting since you know we've been out in the public to play this show so it's been like a cool build-up i mean i joined these guys last year and they had been sort of doing stuff for a bit before that so i guess for them even more it's been like a, a wait so to finally get ourselves out there and be part of the scene now is like it's just really really cool experience and i'm just so happy we got to do it in the way that we did yeah like that that show went um yeah it went really well and i mean we got one guy in the band who's never played like a live show before, so it was like I was like super oh, excited really? for him. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the, he was that's he awesome. was super amped. Um, I was happy for him, but then like I haven't played guitar on a stage for like eight years, so it's a bit nervous. But then like I think once once we're like one minute into the first song, you're just like, all right, like we're on here, and yeah, the show went like 
better than we ever could have expected and it was it was awesome and yeah ricky managed to split his face open and <laughs> yeah um yeah i got a shiny like seriously on my nose um i got to the end and tony taylor from the who was shooting is like oh can i get a photo man and like we he got a photo of all the band, and I saw later, like, there was, like, all blood down my face and my <laughs> T-shirt, and I was like, I thought I spilled a beer on myself, it was a white T-shirt, but it was, it was blood, so, um, yeah, it was good. Every, everyone with my nose had a great night. <laughs> I think it was, we couldn't work, we couldn't work out if it was self-inflicted on the microphone, or, was it, did we work, or do you think it was a bass, or was it your guitar? I don't think it was me. Yeah, so, there's, there's, there's a lot of fingers getting pointed, but like, self-inflicted. I mean, straight oh, head yeah. Look, when it happened, I thought it was self-inflicted, but I was like, I've, yeah. I, I, you were moving around. I had no idea what was going on. So. <laughs> I don't think I had an idea what was going on either. It was fine. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, the show was perfect. Like, it was a small, intimate venue. Um, you know, we're all hardcore kids at heart, so, like, being able to play on the floor for a first show, like, the drum riser was, you know, 30 centimetres high, and so we're all right in the crowd. Like, it was really cool to be able to you know, being up close and personal with so many fans and friends for our first show. It was really, yeah, perfect night. That's sick. Um, so can we go back to, like, were you guys getting together? So have you guys been in or eight bands previously? Do you, do you guys have just mutual friends or are you in bands together at any other stage? Um, yeah, so Ricky was the last to join. So none of, none of us knew Ricky at all. Um, okay. So yeah, that was that was actually pretty crazy. Like we kind of like really lucked out. It was kind of like literally like, how do I not know you already? Like, feel like feel like I should already know you. But um, no, with the other boys, like so, I used, to, I used to play way back in like 2012, playing a band called Love Alone, which was like a lot of hardcore band. Um, and let's see, uh, Vito, our other guitarist, he used to, he's been like one of my best mates for like 15 years. So he used to fill in for us a little bit, but he. I don't think he was super keen on doing the full band thing back then. And then, yeah, Ryan, our bass player, has never played in a band before. And again, he's just like one of my good mates. I think that's probably like what I actually really love about this band is like we're actually just a group like of mates, really. Yeah. Like that's, we were just like, let's just jam some tunes and, like, and sort of see what happens. And then Jai, I'd played in a previous project with like a couple of years ago, something like completely different. So, um, yeah, we all sort of, I sort of just like floated the idea to some of my mates you know, I had some demos recorded and they were like, yeah, you should start a band. And I was like, yeah, it'll probably never happen. Like, you got to find a drummer, you got to find a vocalist. And then somehow we, we found a drummer um, and then we just started jamming a little bit and then we were like, well, we should, we should probably find a vocalist. And then, like, everything just sort of went better than it kind of expected. Like, I expected, like, to maybe do, like, one jam would have been, like, a bonus, but to have, like, managed to find a vocalist and then, like, actually record an EP and play shows is, like... It's it's way further than I think it is. It was just start off as some mates, really. That's it. Yeah. You can actually hear that, I think, like in that you guys are really, really good cohesive unit. And you can hear that in the music through the recordings. And I bet you would have probably seen that as well, Phil, on, the, on stage. Well, that's what I was curious to ask is because I think I, I might have spoken to some of you boys on, on the weekend, but. My memory is pretty shocking, but yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it was the first time you guys were playing together. I think a lot of people kind of had that that feeling, but then, I mean, it did feel like you guys knew each other well because it's it was so tight. You know, you guys sounded great. So, yeah, I think uh, that came through. Um, it's just sick to see. 
Yeah, I mean, just adding to that is like being the sort of final piece of it all was me. Like, I, I responded to uh, um, to Jai, you know, like an ad in Melbourne Musicians Wanted or something like that. Like, I'm always just like looking at all the Facebook groups, you know, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to play in a lot of hardcore band. I've been in like a sort of punk rock band, I've been in like a thrash metal band, but never like, just always, you know, sort of having a bit of fun. But like, I'm like hardcore is the genre that I listen to, like, the most out of any kind of music. Always wanted to, but. Yeah, didn't really have an opportunity, and I saw Jai's ad, and it was like he put an ad up being like, starting band um, for fans of Landscapes, Casey, and um, More Than Life, and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to get around this, and um, yeah, I hit him up, and then, um, yeah, coming into the group, they were already so established, and it was really cool to see, like, um, and then before I know it, like, I've only known these guys, like, not even a year, I've known them, like, eight months um and now like, i consider them some of my closest friends like ben said before like we're just mates having fun doing you know creating music that we're all passionate about and it's it's not work like it's like i look forward to hanging out with them there's no like practice where i'm like oh shit i got band practice and, you know because it can get like that sometimes with like, other stuff i've done so it's really cool just to be doing something i really enjoy with my friends and I'm curious to know, what was the, uh, I guess, interview process like? Like, what, what, what does that actually, like, what do you do with that in case? Uh, what, was, what was that, sorry? I was to say, what was, like, the interview process, I guess, uh, of you joining? Oh. <laughs> it was literally, like, uh, come down to prac. And, like, honestly, um, you, I think you recorded some like little demos and stuff for us, and and like we were able to listen to like your vocals and some of your other bands, and like we were like super keen on on you kind of straight away. Like it was like the main reason we were getting you to come down to prac. It was just like let's just see like because because we are like we, we were four mates at that point. Like we just wanted to find out like you know it's more of like the personality dynamic we we're more concerned about because I'd already heard what you could do in your other bands. It was like and then yeah, it literally was. You rocked up to prac. I think we played like two songs got over eight drank some beers and we're like <laughs> yeah that's i think we're on that's that's so good i love that shit <laughs> yeah very, very casual wild. yeah it was awesome it was so casual to the point where i was like a bit hurt because i didn't hear back for like two days and i messaged guy <laughs> guy is like notorious for like just like leaving you on scene and that's what i did to them i left him on scene he's like are you keen to come down and try and i left him on scene for like a month <laughs> And then, so I was like, I thought that was just a dial. I didn't do it deliberately. I thought I replied to him. And then I was like, what? Oh, why didn't they get back to me? Fuck, they're not keen. And then I saw it like I hadn't re- replied to him. I'm like, fuck. And then um, after we, um, yeah, the dialogue was pretty similar with him. And then I was like, oh, I thought, I was like, hey, man, thanks for having me down. And like, didn't read my message. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't get the gig. And then I messaged him like two days later. I was like, hey, just so I need to know, like, are you guys interested? He's just like, Oh, sorry, man. All good. Yeah, of course, man. You were sick. Um, see you at the next practice. I'm like, I was so casual. <laughs> lucky, lucky bands aren't like dating. <laughs> you don't get ghosted super quick like like that. So you can a couple of weeks isn't yeah. isn't too much. Well, I thought they ghosted me. It's exactly what I thought it happened, and I was like, oh, okay. I was a little hurt, but I, I thought we got along. <laughs> Oh, we're, we're a super like monogamous band. We're all just like <laughs> tight. Like you, you're 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 the only vocalist who we, we've like we even tried out. So yeah, well, yeah, one yeah. and only. Yeah. First time. How was that? <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Well, so then, right, Ricky, you joined the band what maybe eight months ago, and then, like you said, maybe four months in, you dropped the first single. 
Is that right? Yeah, I think I think by I remember it was my birthday, so I think August, September. I reckon I would have tried out around the start of September. And then literally I think one jam in, two jams in, which is like a fortnight later, they're like, start doing pre-pro for the EP. And I was just, because they had everything recorded. Um, or, you know, at the, the, you know, ready to sort of go to a producer stage. And so pre-production nine. And so I was, you know, working my butt off trying to get stuff written. And then I think we booked recording dates with the producer like three weeks after me joining. Yeah, so it was like, in October. You know, Tracked yeah. in October, you joined in like yeah, yeah, start of September. So it was yeah, it was pretty quick. Mm. And then the first single vacant came out on March, I think March tenth was it? yeah. Shit, that's a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah we're busy, we're very busy. Um, we're busy. And then I guess well, so then it would have taken you maybe what March to to June, like three months, I guess, to play the first show. What was the like? How did that come about? I think I kind of know a little bit of the story, but. I guess what what were your what were you guys thinking before you actually got to playing that show? Well, I mean, like we were like, you know, we've all been in bands previously, um, and so we sort of know what we want to do in the scene. We know what works for us and what doesn't work for us, and that's just not in a band, but in our personal lives as well. Like mm. we were like, okay, like we want to play shows. We don't want to play too many shows. We don't want to oversaturate the scene. Um, but you also don't want to, you know, not play ever. Otherwise, you're not going to get any show offers. So it was really tricky because, like, we're all working slash studying and busy with other things in life. So, you know, you got to five people in. It's like dating. It's like having a five-way relationship. You've got to make sure you're all free and other things like that. But I guess for us, it was sort of like, okay, when's, like, a good, you know, a good show going to come up? And, yeah, we unfortunately got offered two that we couldn't play um because we're a wedding and something like that and then we were sort of like at the point like okay what do we sort of do now and at that point we started chatting to josh from lost soul um i don't as you know we worked with joined his roster actually um for a couple of weeks before he's sort of taken a bit of time away from booking and so from the relationship with him he offered us the first show with Vermont, um colorblind and lakeview that we played on the weekend and then from there i guess it's all sort of started happening how good's that yeah, but yeah, there was definitely a point I will add to that that we were like, we're just gonna have to put our own show on because there's never gonna be a time. Yeah, you, know, you get we got offered to the last minute the show um, that was coming to town on a tour and like with a, a week's notice and I had a wedding and I was like, we you know these last minute shows will keep popping up and stuff like that. Like there's never gonna be a perfect time. Like let's just book a show on our own terms. Mm. So yeah, I think as but well. I'm happy the one came up because it was perfect, as I said. Um, I think as well, being like a modern hardcore band in Melbourne, like there, you know, we also had to kind of be accepting of the fact that if we're going to play a show, it's actually probably likely going to be a bit of a mixed bill kind of situation mm. because, like, you know, like there's not really a whole lot of melodic, even in Australia, like, you know, there's yeah. not a huge scene for it. So, you know, we kind of realised that, like, whatever bill we're on, we're either going to be a bit of an odd band out or it's going to be like a total mixed bill. Like, um, and I think that can be really cool though as well. Yeah. 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 Well, Dave and I talk about that heaps that, like, because we love melodic hardcore as well, we, we talk about it all the time, but there just isn't much here, like, at all, and it's, it's. I think it'd be tough for a new melodic hardcore band starting, but, like, that bill on the weekend with, with Colorblind especially, and even Lakeview were awesome, and Vermont, everyone was a little bit different, and it was it worked, so I think that it's, it's good that it worked and people stayed. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was good because you'll find that like people like overlap, like people who listen to melodic hardcore will listen to punk rock. You know, yeah. people who listen to emo will listen to melodic hardcore. So you get like a lot of crossover. So it's cool. Yeah, everyone's sad at heart, I think. So <laughs> yeah, we're all dead inside, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, those uh, those mix builds are really good because it gives you exposure to new fans. New your fans get uh, exposure to other bands as well. So this is like sharing. Sharing around the different. Well, you look at even like you know, arguably one of the biggest or the biggest melodic hardcore band in Australia, moment, like Bloom. Like they're touring with Holding Absence um, and Thornhill at the moment. Like yeah. those bands aren't melodic hardcore, but like no. people at those shows who are going to see those bands are going to be like, "Oh, sick, Bloom! I love that band." Yeah. So there's yeah. going to be something for everyone on those you know semi mixed bills. Can't wait for that show. That's going to be great. Um, so I guess moving forward then, I guess with the music, so this will, we're recording this on what, Tuesday the 27th, this will come out next Tuesday and by then your next single Make Amends will be out, coming out on the Friday, right? Um, yeah. I guess, how do you pick the songs that come out? Uh, I mean, like we've listened to the, the EP and it's like absolutely incredible, but I guess how, like, why'd you pick this song as your next one? Well... We kind of have a bit of a vote. So, like, initially, I wanted this song to be, like, the lead single that we do the music video for. Like, yeah. I, I was, like, super all in on this one. I think Ricky was Team Makerman's as well. Yeah, that was Team Makerman's. Um, but then, you know, the, the vote, everyone was just like, not vacant. Like, vacant's a real attention-grabbing track. Like, it's... And I now I look back, I think that was actually a really good choice. I'm really glad that we led, like, led with vacant. And we were only going to do two singles off the EP. Um, but we're, we're still sort of, like, working our way around. Like, this is the first time I've played in a band, like, where I'm sort of doing a lot of, like, the management and writing and stuff in, like, the Spotify era. So, like, still trying to understand, like, the algorithms where it's just, like, yeah. you know, dropping EPs is actually not great for numbers. Like, singles, you know, these it's all about, like, playlisting and, and all that. So... Yeah. We were gonna do the gonna do the two singles, which you know the vote was um, to do vacant first single, a bit of an attention grabber, and then the grey would be a really good second single, and then we were just gonna do that. But then I think we were just like sort of seeing that the singles were doing well, so it was like let's let's drop another one, and this one seemed like a bit of a no-brainer. I mean, as I said, this was my first choice, so Ricky and I we we kind of got our way in the end because we wanted this as a single. So um, this. Possibly my favourite song on the EP. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is probably my favourite song on the EP. It's between that and the opener. Um, yeah. And I know your favourite one, Phil, is the opener. So oh, I absolutely <laughs> froth the opener. I was texting Dave when you guys were playing, being like, well, when that song came on, I'm, I'm like, looking, I'm trying to see the set list from behind you. And I'm thinking, Dave, they're playing a song and it's it's fucking best song I've heard in a while. Yeah. I was trying uh, to hop, keep it all together while the pies were... Getting over the line, I get this screenshot from Phil of the track list, and he'd already told me. And I, I, the, the game finished. I put it on. And I just went, I just sent him, Fwah. That's all I sent him as soon as I started. So, um, yeah, it's an incredible listen all the way through. I've listened to it maybe six or seven times since Sunday. So, cool. That's so sick. Yeah, I think what I liked about the set list, right? If I'm correct, is that you played the opener right before this track. Yeah, oh, fuck, I don't know. I was looking at it the other day. I was talking to Dave about it, but and I think yeah, but back to back, these tracks were just unreal. So I think people are going to be in for a real treat when they hear this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, um, 
It was, yeah, it was. That's, that's exactly what we played. We played the opener song live, and then we played um, Make Amends, um, which is cool because that song starts straight with vocals and then bang music and vocals at the same time, which it's just like bang straight in your face. And I think I'll add to your question before why we picked as another single. I think, yeah, as Ben said, like Spotify algorithm, you got to try and break it, and people don't have a big attention span these days so you want something that comes out packs a punch straight away and hits really hard and i think out of all the songs in the ep the introduction in this song hits the hardest so that's why i'm really happy we chose it as a single in the end i, I even said to ben when we were like because jai and i were like we we're just sort of like just chatting shit in the group chat oh, sorry just between us and then i was like oh like what do you reckon about another single like i reckon we should definitely do like a third single and Jai was like, absolutely. And I just, the first one I was like, said to the boys, was like, make amends, has to be make amends. Because <laughs> A, I want it, and B, I know Ben would kill us if it wasn't make amends. Because <laughs> we were in the video. And I, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's probably my pick for the AP. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I want to ask as well, I think, um, I mean, like we love melodic hardcore. And I guess the artwork for your three singles have been right up there with, it just makes me feel, it feels like it's going to be a melodic hardcore track. Who, who did all that up? <laughs> uh, that's me. Trying to, yeah, I mean, with, with this band, like we're just trying to like, um, trying to keep as much stuff in-house as possible. Um, yeah. Because obviously like when you're starting out, like you haven't made any money or anything yet. No. And you know, you're paying for videos, you're paying for recording, you're paying for, you know, design. You're, there's just so much so many so many costs so you know I've, I've been sort of throughout like the pretty much this year mainly just trying to upskill as much as possible with like just learning even just like like basic video stuff for just like creating like you know 15 30 second content for instagram or whatever um doing our own artwork you know just trying to trying to keep as much of that in-house as possible and then hopefully you know if we can get to a point where as a band like maybe financially we're a bit more sort of self-sustainable yeah, that's when we could start to maybe look to, to outsource it and do it slightly better. Yeah. Um, but, like, so far, I'm happy with it. Like, yeah, I've, we've been playing it pretty safe, I'd say, with, like, the yeah. sort of artwork direction. Like, as you said, like, you know, it looks like a melodic hardcore release and that's, that's like, the, uh, that's the limit of my sort of capabilities. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, we're the same. Yeah. <laughs> we're keeping it very DIY we paid money to get our logo made up on Vivar and kind of just morphed everything from that. So, because you, you never know, you might have done six episodes and now we're on like 35. So you want to like spend that money before you've kind of made it. And yeah. I, I think it's really cool that DIY ethos is, is sick. Yeah. Well, adding to that as well, like when I said I joined after they already had the EP recorded, they recorded all the guitars and drums and, and the bass before before I joined and they did it all at Jai's home studio That's and then from that point we went to work with the producer to track vocals and get the mixing and mastering done but yeah the boys have been DIY the whole time which is really cool yeah shit and, and I guess I guess from a writing point of view is this the first time like is normally like, so I'm assuming Ricky you write your vocals and then the lyrics kind of like after the fact is that normal I guess for a vocalist I'm not too sure I don't really know the ins and outs of that um, look, to be honest, I can't speak on behalf of other vocalists because I'm probably aware I'm not that conventional, but for me, um, like I write a lot of poetry. Um, I write a lot of just observational pieces, um, like every day, like my phone notes, if you scrolled through it, you'd get a sore thumb. Like I've got thousands of notes in my phone. 
um, I'm always writing. And so basically when I hear a song, I'll instantly sort of be able to hum like where if, if it's uh, whether it's say just for example like it's screaming which is primarily what i do so it's a lot of it's monotone i can pretty much tap out or hum out where i think something will fit well something mm. like a, a sung vocal melody with actual pitch in it that's a bit more complex and that's just trial and error humming and then trying in different keys um and then from there i sort of pick my what does the song make me feel like? For example, the grey instantly when I heard that, it reminded me of a time in my life, which the song's actually the lyric content's about, and how cathartic it was to escape that. And so I was like, hmm, whatever that music, that's what the the, the instrumentation really feels like. There's like a, a resolve, and it's like a resolve from something sad. Okay, what songs have I written, and what poems do I have written in the key of catharsis? And then I look through all my notes, and I'm like, oh, there's something. This is what this, yeah, this really resonates with me. And then I match parts, real key parts of that poem, something that maybe I thought was a, re- a reoccurring theme in that, and that becomes my chorus. And then you cut and paste words to make it fit in syllables, etc. And then from there, the song gets shaved down and proper lines get formed. But, you know, then I'd, I'd come with like a heap of word, words written out for a section, and then I'd show the guys, and we, you know, and this is why pre production is so important. I'd come and, you know, I'd say how I think it was would go, and then they'd go to record it to a click and record it to the actual song. They go, okay, maybe if you tried you changing this syllable, or if you tried changing this word, the the end of that would sound better here, or there's too many words in this sentence. And then you workshop, which is really great having you know experienced musicians such as these guys working with me. Is we're really good at workshopping things, and everyone sort of contributes and. We had the same experience with our producer, Sam. Like, he, yeah, I've never been worked so hard in my life in the studio, and it was such a great result because of that and his input. Yeah, sick. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and as I said, I know it might not be conventional. I'd, I'd love to hear what, how other people were right, and it's, maybe it's a lot more simple for them. <laughs> but um, it's, it works for me, I guess, and that's how I do it. Thank you for that. That's a huge insight. Like, as you probably heard on, if you've listened to any other shows, uh, Phil and I are not musically capable. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> We're good listeners. <laughs> so it's it's really awesome to talk to you guys and, and kind of get an insight about how, how you guys write because it's, it's really cool. Oh, cool. Thanks. Uh, so I'm going to be a bit cheeky and maybe ask a question. I call it completely understand if you guys don't want to answer it just yet, but... I guess with three singles, I guess will there be more singles and, and maybe when might we get an EP or? Uh, no more singles, I don't think. Right. I think I think we've, I think we've like reached <laughs> our single. favourite one. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's, yeah, that's pretty true. I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you've kind of got to find that balance. It's like if you drop, if you, if you drop your whole EP as a single, like as singles, then you've got nothing. Like people don't have a reason to listen to the EP because they've already heard yeah. everything. So it's like finding that balance between like trying to get as much out of like the Spotify algorithm through singles, but still keeping something on the EP. So uh, no, this will be the last single. And then I would say the EP should be, uh, I guess in the next like two months. Nice. Yeah. that'll be good yeah it's a great EP like absolutely love it um, yeah it's going to be real special when it comes out I think I think a lot of people are waiting for a melodic hardcore band to hit the scene um, just people I talk to and I mean especially like through bands like Bloom like we just want more of stuff like that and I think you guys are a bit different in, in a way um, 
and I think it's awesome that you mentioned Casey before because definitely with the guitars and kind of the, the shifts through the songs, I could feel a lot of that and hear a lot of that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be real cool when it comes out and uh, I can't wait to see what people think. Yeah, yeah it's this weird thing, right? You've got this secret that you're keeping from everyone and you're like, is it any good? Like, I think it's pretty good. Oh, maybe it's not, you know. It's like anything it's, you've created. Like, you know, you might do a drawing, like do a drawing. You might draw a picture or something and you think it's the best thing in the world, but, you know, 10 people will tell you it sucks. So until it's out there and people are connecting with it or not connecting with it, then it's just this intangible thing that it's like a secret you and four people share and you can't wait to get it out there, but you're also so nervous at the same time. So it's exciting, though. It's, I'm excited. Yeah, like I'm super keen to, to see the kind of response because uh you know it is kind of like super hard to um to listen to your own sort of stuff like objectively um so i'm you know i listen to it some days and i'm like no this sucks like i hate it and i listen to it some days i'm like no it's actually all right so like yeah it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how how it all goes and like the response to the songs we put out so far has been awesome so I mean, if we can keep going with that, I'll be I'll be pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah nice. I mean, I've just got to add, like, I've been a musician for 10 years just doing, you know, playing in bands with my mates and stuff. So all I've ever wanted to is be able to give back to the scene that shaped so much of my 10 years and 20s and now I'm 30. Like, I want to be able to do, have, like, some sort of an effect on the scene, like the scene has had an effect on me. And so, you know, like, I remember, like, being 15, going to a Carpathian show. My dad took me out of school um, to see Carpathian at Summer Hall Mechanics, Summer Hall Mechanics Hall. And yeah, um, yeah, I got kicked in the chin by some older dude. I've never been near a mosh pit. And I was like, wow, what the fuck was that? And it was so cool. And like, you know, everyone's just standing there, like crossing arms and pointing at shit. And you're like, oh, that seems pretty cool. Like, they're not angry. They're just letting it all out. But like, those sort of things, you know, that really helped me have a positive release through music. And, if we could do that for someone else, that'd be really cool. Like, there's, you know, haven't even people, like, I've never had people come up to me and say that words have resonated with me, with them, words that I've written in any other project. And so to have people doing that now at such an early stage is such a really, yeah, it's a really cool feeling. So, yeah, I hope we can continue to have that effect on people. Oh, so they, yeah. <laughs> I certainly didn't kick you in the chin. <laughs> That what, was what, show, what, what was your first show? My first show was a matinee at the corner, and we saw, I went with two mates, and we saw Super Heist at the corner mm. with Frankenbach and a couple of other <sighs> metal bands. Love Frankenbach. Frankenbach are great. Yeah. But then we went on to, like, spend a lot of time at, um, yeah, at the Sami Mechanics Hall when they were doing uh, Battle of Bands, Ballads yeah. by the Bay and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, it's mad. What about you, Phil? Uh, I think my first uh, hardcore show, um, I think we've mentioned it ages ago, um, but it was just funny because I saw when you mentioned the Masonics Hall, Dave talks about it all the time <laughs> in the RC's mm-hmm. like, face light up. It's iconic um, from the peninsula. Well, I grew up on the... The other side, I grew up in Werribee, um, so I went to the yep. Wyndham Youth Centre, and uh, I oh, think one of my first heavy shows was, uh, I want to say it was either a Dream on Dreamer early days, um, playing headlining mm-hmm. Battle of the Bands, or it was um, Early Hand of Mercy, I can't remember. Um, oh, but yeah, it was, it was at the Wyndham Youth Centre, and 
that's what I remember anyway, like local show. So yeah. But um, Ben, are you are you a, a, a east side or west side boy, or where are you from? I'm I'm east as so yeah. I'm in Belgrave. So I'm outnumbered. Yeah, <laughs> he's never leaving. Yeah, never left. Stuck in the hills. Can't can't get out. Was your first, what was your first show? Um, so my first ever gig was it was at Festival Hall. I think I was fourteen. It was behind Crimson Eyes opener. Oh, was that show? Event Sevenfold and Bullet for My Valentine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my first hardcore show was probably probably like maybe six months later than that. I reckon. Um, and I look back on this lineup now, but it was like Antagonist, The Broderick, Carpathian. Uh, not con- maybe Confession? No. But yeah, like sick. Oh, um, maybe In Trenches or something like that. Yeah. And oh, nice. uh, yeah, it was like a matinee at the corner. Uh, I just, I'd never seen anything like it. It was just after, it was on the um, Isolation Tour for Carps. So. Yeah. Fucking sick album. Yeah. It was funny, like you say, Behind Crimson Eyes, because have you guys seen they're playing at um, Stadium? They're playing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. I can't wow. wait. Even that. I froth them back in the day. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, but yeah, so I guess it's kind of a good segue, I guess, before we get to the, the playlist, we were just keen to know, I guess, just in general, how you got into, into music, um, just in general, it's usually a question we ask people, but just to second that, keen to know, how, like when you first got into melodic hardcore and maybe that touches on something we might talk about later, but yeah, like how did you guys get into music yourselves? Like local scene wise? Right, I'll go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, local scene-wise, um, since my dad used to show me all these records um, when I was a kid, that was like my Saturday night um, when dad was home, um, was just listening to records. And like, you know, just your standard, you know, dad spec of that era, um, you know, like ACDC, you know, all that sort of stuff, Cold Chisel. Um, and then so, you know, going to concerts and gigs from a young age, you know, then dad would be like, bought me a guitar or so him and mum would take me to guitar lessons. Mum bought me the wrong handed guitar. So I'm a right hander, but they bought me a left hand guitar. So that's why I'm a vocalist now. Cause I never learned how to play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like it literally is. Like, I'm so bad at guitar <laughs> for someone who's played for so long. I'm not, I'm not good, but I'm um, we do like a, um, open mic night down at beaches or, um, I call it, um, it was called Beaches Pub down in Mornington. I do like open mic nights on a Wednesday. We'd play with two mates and we'd do like Living End and Free Fighters covers. And then as soon as I got a car when I was 18, I was like, I want to play in a band. And um, I joined a, started playing a pop punk band. My uh, high school best mates um, called Iran 11. It's the most 2010 pop punk <laughs> name ever. A um, couple of dudes went on to play in Fever Shack. Um, so like, yeah, we, we've all stayed in music, which is cool. But that was like my first high school into early uh, 20s band. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got into it. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, my, my old man is, like, super musical, so I always I grew up in a house just full of guitars. Um, and then, for some reason, I decided I wanted to play drums when I was, like, 12. Um, and then, so he put me a drum kit and stuff. I think he was just, like, super stoked that I was into music. I think he was also just, like why do you want to play drums when you have a house full of guitars? <laughs> um, you, know, you, you could like, you could learn on a Fender Stratocaster, but you want a drum set instead. So, um, so I did that and I don't know, drums just like, they just don't click for me. I just, 
I feel like some people, it just, they're just naturally good. Like, they can just pick it up quick. I feel like I could have been playing drums for 15 years and, like, our drummer Jai could have been playing for three months and he'd still be better than me. Like, um, <laughs> like he's just, people, some people just have it. But, um, and then, yeah, eventually, like, started just playing guitar instead because I realized I wasn't really good at drums. Um, and then it was going to, like, shows like obviously yeah i went to like my first show was like a big one and then you know started going to like some slightly smaller like more local shows but then like some of the guys we went to high school with were playing in like you know like probably like local bands you know this is when we we're probably in like year 10 so like 15 um and yeah so i sort of went to some like local shows that and i thought it was just, like the coolest thing ever and i was sort of looked at like if i could play like one show ever in my life like to like 10 people it would be like the biggest sort of achievement so then just sort of started Started a couple of little bands that, like, we never really managed to gig or whatever. And looking back, like, we absolutely should not have been playing gigs anyway. So I'm, I'm kind of glad <laughs> that we didn't. We should just, like, you know, jam my mate's garage and, like, yeah, try and, I don't know, try and make something that sounded something half decent. But, and then, yeah, finally, like, my first gigging band was, like, 2011, 2012. So just out of high school. Um, still wasn't the best, but, you know, it's still a valuable experience. And then just just sort of keep at it i guess like it took took quite a long time to do anything half decent i'd say like i've been playing in like bands to some description for like four or five years before i played in a band that i would actually consider was like okay yeah i mean i can't relate but i'm, I'm assuming it takes time <laughs> yeah years like, like i was saying when i joined these guys you work out what you do and want to and don't want to do like you know, when we started playing shows, what's our attitude towards that? Okay, well, we're all 30 now. We're probably not realistically going to be able to play a show every weekend. Do we want to do that anyway? No, I've done that before. It's not beneficial and it takes too much time. I'm an old man. I want to hang out with my cat. So <laughs> we, we learn, yeah. You, you get better each time. All right. I would like to think, you know, it's like anything. It's I'd be very surprised if it was someone who was fresh 18 and knew the ins and outs of the industry unless they had parents or something that we were an older sibling that was in the industry to sort of show them the ropes there's so much to learn like i'm still yeah. still learning now like like it's yeah like you can do a band or you can like if you really want to do it right like it's 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 definitely a lot to a lot to learn like um but yeah i think that's part of the reason why this band's actually been all right because like you know we're starting out when we're like you know 28 29 whatever we've already kind of learned all those lessons sort of things. Yeah, yeah. As you said, like you learn what you want, what you don't want. So I think it sort of streamlined the process a little bit for this band. Like we're not sort of like wasting our time, you know, like Ricky said, like trying to play as many gigs as we can or like, you know, like we work smarter, not harder kind of thing, I guess. I think with social media and Spotify and things, it just changes the way it is today, right, as well? Yeah, for sure. Like, as I said, I'd never played in a band in like the sport. Well, not like I, I play in another band, but like I don't have anything to do with the managerial side of that band. So like, yeah, I had no idea how Spotify. I didn't even know how to upload music to Spotify. I thought it was just like SoundCloud, <laughs> just like make an account and like chuck your, chuck your music on there. But you have to have like a publisher and stuff. It's, like Jai, Jai's the man for all that. Jai's the gun. Jai's he, the man. He's he's our marketing man. So Jai from PR. Yeah, I PR. <laughs> so we will kick into the the playlist um so you've given us five pretty awesome songs i was saying to phil off mic like if there's a a playlist catered to us it's this one (laughs) and so thank you for that like 
it's um it's so good so um do you want to start with the theme is there is there more songs from from ben or more songs from ricky or did the whole band have a, a part in in making it so I think we, we, we just did these two. So it kind of worked out well because we chose two each and then there was one that we agreed as like a mutual third. So it was like, because like how do we split five in half? It's like two and a yeah. half each. But it actually worked out all right. We were able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, nice. And so do these tracks like influence you guys as, as, as musicians or influence the band specifically? Or like what are these five songs to you guys? Uh, for me personally, as I sort of touched on before, like I hold my lyrics and my poems so close to my chest, and so every every song that I put out is a part of me. And the songs that I've chosen on this, I believe that the the songwriter or the vocalist behind them is the exact same in that sense, where they embody those throughout the their life. And so, yeah, for me, it's really uh, personal, and it, and it's influenced me in every. No matter what band I play in, like I played in a thrash hardcore band before these guys. Um, even the music, like the music was like every time I die, sort of music. And you know, you know, Keith Buckley could sing about throwing a shit at a wall and he'd make it sound awesome. But <laughs> even though that was the sort of um, mood of the instruments in that band, I was still writing lyrics that were influenced by these people that are in these songs because I can't, for me. I can't put my name to something and invest myself in it emotionally without putting it through my heart, if that makes sense. So every song that I write is authentic from me, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, right. yeah, th- these writers influence me in everything I do. Yeah. It's awesome. That's what we want to hear because we hear that. I hear that anyway. So um, the first, the first song we've got is, uh, More Than Life, Scarlet Skyline. So who wants to kick off with that? Uh, yeah, that was me. So I, I chucked that one in. Um, and it's sort of like, I like the way it's sort of like this question was worded to me. It was like five songs, you know, that have like a great influence on, mm. on like the music you write. And like, mm-hmm. you know, that song for me, like it was probably the first song that i heard that sounded like that like like a melodic like a straight up melodic hardcore song it's not it's not like macho or tough like it's it's raw it's really emotive and i think like the main reason i chose it is that you know it still influences me like i wouldn't be playing the music that i play now without having heard that song even though the first time i heard it was you know probably like 13 years ago or whatever yeah just it's what basically kickstarted just melodic hardcore for me in general. Um, Cause like, I think up until hearing that, like that band, I'd like, it's what I'd been wanting, but hadn't found to that point. So yeah, I mean that, that song to me, like I wouldn't be writing the music that I write if it wasn't for like, well, particularly that album, but, and that just is my favorite song on the album. Like, you know, I, that was, literally learning that on guitar was just like opened me up to just like with this whole new, you know, way of like writing songs or whatever. So yeah, definitely like, I wouldn't say there's any necessarily songs on, on the EP that like you listen to and go, it sounds like Scarlet Skyline or anything like that. Like it mm-hmm. hasn't necessarily influenced me in a way that like I heard it and said, I want to produce a song that makes the, like that sounds exactly like that. But it's just like, I wanted to just create a song that, you know, within that sort of feel and that kind of genre, 
Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I definitely get that feeling, like the like the way the the songs are layered and the guitars are layered and stuff like that. Yep. The way the songs are kind of put together, I can see hear similar similarities, but there's no carbon copy at all. So like, um, I found these guys like probably a year ago. I don't know how I miss them, but I've been really enjoying the album after this. So it's tricky uh, yeah, to go yeah. back. So yeah, it's um, such a such a cool thing finding these bands that have been around for like thirteen years and getting so sad that you can't see them live or anything well, that's like the that. Oh, they're, the they're all broken band. up. Like, oh, a new band yeah. broke up. Yeah. What a hardcore! They don't stay around, so you no, guys need to fuck the trend. They're too sad <laughs> to like stay together. Mm-hmm. You might have just witnessed our first and last show last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell Dave you got a. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah, it's all... <laughs> well, More Than Life came back for a little bit. They, they came over, they broke up, and they came over, I think, 2014. Oh, so, right. yeah, yeah, my old band um, played with them. That was were, were sick. But, yeah, I mean, they're such a good band. But, unfortunately, yeah, like, like that whole scene, like Dead Swans, Landscapes, they're all gone now. So, mm. even getting their merch now, you can't even, like... Uh, I mean, do you, you collect uh, vinyl at all, Ben? Or is it just Ricky? Um, so I don't collect much hardcore vinyl, funnily enough, but I do. Oh, okay, so, cool. Yeah, so like I DJ as well, so I've I've got like a lot of like house and like techno records and stuff. Oh, but shit. the only the only like hardcore records I have is like one of my other bands who's like um, it's not even necessarily hardcore, but yeah, it's the only like um yeah record heavy record I've got. Fuck. I know. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep off it. It's just like another expensive hobby that I just like. I mean, oh man, <laughs> yep. the, bills, That's the bills come and you have no money for the week, but it's like, oh, fucking Kiss Chase, you did a reissue of United Paper Heaven. Well, I guess I probably should spend eighty bucks on that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> yeah, did you make that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at Brassy last night announcing an album. I was just like. Yeah. I saw oh, you commented on that, that post, and I'm like, yeah. poor Ricky. <laughs> they just keep getting better. They need to start releasing shit music so they don't have to buy it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, my thing is with vinyl, and I don't know if you guys are the same, but I was like, it's been timeless forever. It's a physical copy. Like, the music and the artwork are a complete piece, right? They tell a story. And so being able to hold that in your hands as a tangible object and looking at it, like, I love... The, the way I used to find bands when I when CDs were called 20 years ago was you look at what bands we thank and then I'd look up other bands on MySpace and find other cool bands. And so, you know, that's how I thought, you know, I put that ethos into vinyl and that's why I'm such a nerd with that. I'm like, I just love seeing what's going through their head apart from what I hear on the songs. Yeah. Absolutely. We're the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think the amount of times I've told Dave, Dave's told me he's like, "Oh, I found this band because I read the lineup notes of this like random band from yep. Victory Records like 20 years ago." Yep. And I'm like, "That's yep. how it is." Yeah, and you know what? If everything else, you know, if for some reason the digital age, you know, music isn't around anymore, we've got these physical copies and mementos of you know the era and the music from it, which is yeah, that's something I'm going to hold forever. I'll never sell records ever. Yeah. Famous last words, Ricky. You, you, you yeah, know, we have yeah, too many like me. Yeah, me. Bills come in or I have doubles, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, Ben, like, I mean, it's a good good call not to maybe collect hardcore because a lot of these melodic hardcore bands that aren't around, they, they're they hard to come by. And it's yeah. absolutely and destroyed me. Yeah. 
I've been looking for a copy of Worthwhile Carry-On Kid for like five years. And Phil, you told me the other day they're like 300 bucks, aren't they? At least. People trying to yeah. sell it for more USD. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it kills me, man. Kills I was super lucky when I got mine. I got mine from some guy who lives down in Wollongong. Who yeah. I just He put it up and I was like, fuck, do I just get it before it goes back up? And then I think I pay like 170 for mine. But then it ended oh, up. Jesus. Like, yeah. Now it goes for way more. So. Yeah. No, it's, is Worthwhile merch hard to come by these days? They pre- they released a hundred copies of it. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, I've got I've got a no, nah, their merch though. I've got a I've got a worthwhile oh. shirt with the Carry On Kid album cover on it. That's too small for me. So do you want it? Ricky? Uh, what size is it? Yeah, look at Richie's. Like, oh. It's probably it's probably like a it might be a mid XL, but you know, man, oh, I'm, a, I'm a triple damn. XL boy. I'm a, yeah, bring, I'll, bring I'll dig it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll please. Make... Next show, Ricky's going to come out with this tight like Carry On Kid. Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm wearing it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> You'd see his belly button. <laughs> oh, where is the tank top? I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Done. I've never seen um, worthwhile merch anywhere. Like, you, I'll, I'll look for stuff because I look for the vinyl and nothing comes up. Yeah, I reckon I bought this one online probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, smart. Because they toured with Ambleside and Trophy Eyes in 2015, um, which is, I went to that. I, I flew to Brisbane for that because I was away from the Melbourne date and that was one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah. And I was just like, then, the, then the, t- this, the vocalist is like, oh, we're about to put out our second four, but I was just flipped out. I was like, I can't believe yeah. this. They're going to finally get the credit they deserve and go big, and then they broke up after that, which I was so cut out. Never saw them again. Yeah, yeah brutal. More hardcore bands, hey? <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Time to break the mold, I reckon. Yeah. Got <laughs> it. Well, I guess we'll, we'll play that one. Yeah. And play, uh, uh, Scarlet Skyline. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll catch you guys on the other side.
Okay, so at the top there we had More Than Life, Scarlet, Skyline, and after that we had Verse, The New Fury. So who added who added Verse into the mix? Both. Well, this was both. both this was the both. Yeah. This was, this was, the, was I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, we, we came to the like cessation. We were like, what are we going to do? Because we had I showed him five and Ben showed me five, and that was the only song that was the same. So we're like, well, we're going to pick that and pick two each. So, Fuck. I mean, probably for different reasons for us, I'd say. Um, for me personally, um, I got into like sort of like your Boston, New York sort of hardcore, I guess, a bit later. Like maybe it's like a more of an adult rather than when it was actually around. So I reckon it was probably like, I think that song came out in like 2013, was it maybe? Or 2011? Nah, I think older. Yeah, earlier, older. earlier. Yeah, How the old? vinyl came out in 2013. Okay, that's probably why I think it is because I've got a copy of vinyl. Okay, yeah. so okay. either way, I was probably 26 when that came out, so it would have you know, only a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. And I heard it, and then it, it made me go down this back rabbit hole of like New York era hardcore, um, you know, you Rhode Island. I think they're from Rhode Island, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, all that sort of that era of hardcore, and they were like a big transitioning band coming from hardcore and really exploring other parts of the genre that's related to that. And for me, um, obviously that song just slaps all around, but like for me, um, his vocals, just the control breaks in his vocals. So not so much for a lyricist. I think he's an insane lyricist and everything he speaks about is real. Um, and he does it in that really cool sort of aggressive style of Boston hardcore. Um, and sorry, your, um, East coast hardcore delivery, like really punching in your face. But for me, mainly his techniques with the control breaks, um, like, that just conveys a level of emotion that you don't get in a lot of vocalists. And so the first time I heard that song, I was just like, holy shit, this guy's got something to say. And okay, well, what do I want to be like when I'm a vocalist? I want people to not hear me as just like a monotone instrument. Like, you know, in some sort of genres of music, the vocalist is more of like a, he's like another instrument or they are another instrument, right? And that's, that's nothing away from them. It sounds fucking awesome, but it's like, I want to stand out. I want to be part of this, but I want people to hear the message I'm saying. And what's a good way to do that is to make your voice really unique and make it want to be, people want to hear that. And so I think that it's a really big statement with the way that he has his vocal delivery. Like those controlled breaks, that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And there's just so much anger and so much emotion in his voice. And um, yeah, I was hooked on the first listen. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, really like with, um, 
yeah, with choosing this one, like, what I love about it is, like, it's it's a melodic hardcore song. Like, and I don't mean it's, like, as the genre melodic hardcore. I mean, it's a hardcore song that's melodic. Like, it's got, like, yeah. it's got that, like, it's really riffy and heavy and it's still aggressive, but it's still got that kind of desperation that you get in melodic hardcore. And I think not that many bands really have sort of hit that mark where they can they can go from like a section that's really emotive and then just like drop into a section that's just like super riffy and like you know like like a hardcore kind of riff and um yeah so that's that's why i just wanted to yeah i wanted to include this one can say the way you just explained the difference between the genre melodic hardcore and hardcore that's melodic is the best anyone's explained it to me because <laughs> like i fucking struggle with this one a lot <laughs> Yeah, Phil and I will be texting back and forth and with our friend uh, Chuck uh, about it and, and I'm just like, just listen to the guitars, they're melodic. Or listen to the, the, yeah. the singer's vocals, they're melodic. Like there's there's melody. It, it doesn't have to sound like Defeater or Casey. Yeah. It can actually just have melody yeah. to it and that makes it... Yeah. And it's it's such a hard, it's a hard thing to grasp and... Like at something where we're learning, I'm still figuring out. <laughs> yeah, still figuring out. But, but I mean, there's so many side genres now, and genres upon genres. Fucked. And you get to someone like I mean, I'm in a group, for example, on Facebook. It's like um, '80s punk and hardcore, like memorabilia, and of course another bloody vinyl group. And um, <laughs> people being there is like, what does everyone think of Turnstile? They are not hardcore. And it was like an article saying Turnstile redefining hardcore of the modern era, and people are being like. I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. Like, they're nah. an embarrassment to hardcore. But it's like, there are so many different genres and splinters of the genres, and it's very subjective, right? Like, some people mm. are going to tell you that, that anti-flag are hardcore and turnstiles not. Some people are going to tell you Gorilla Biscuits are not hardcore, but then the next person will say they're the only hardcore band. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah, you've got to be able to split hairs and also just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. I've seen a guy say, like, hardcore is like a feeling, a message, uh, like a, it's as a well. Mentality. So, yeah, mentality, it's it's like, yeah, it can be taken so many different ways. But this song is so good. And I sent the photo to Phil. I was spinning it yesterday. Yep, I, saw ready. That. I got the same variant. Yep. Yeah, so good. I wish people made hazes still, but uh, such a shame. Their next album was good too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't think they were a band after that. I think they broke up after the next album. Yeah. Rise, what's, what's it called? Rise, Fury and Great, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, anyway, that was a great album, great follow-up. Yeah, really good band. Um, So the next song we've got is from Pianos Become the Teeth, Say Nothing. So is this off their second album, I think? Uh, Maybe third, I think, because they did, uh, what's the one with, like, uh, Cripples Can't Shiver and stuff on it? It's got the horse on the Old Pride, I think it's their first album. Yeah. And then they did... um, Lack Long Thereafter, yeah. which was insane. It's such a good album. Oh, I might listen to that tomorrow. Um, and then they did Keep You. And I think Keep You was kind of like when they sort of started transitioning to that more, like, less frantic, less chaotic, yeah. more clean vocal. So, yeah, I, I, I chose this one. Um, I, I, I didn't guess that. I, I thought that because I think pianos are, are so well known for, for their vocals. And fucking Ricky's dropped out. Where's he gone? Hi, there he is. Oh, there he is. Um, no, I was going to say that I thought that Ricky would have picked the uh, piano song just because I felt like their vocals are right up your yeah. alley. But Ben, you picked it. 
Yeah. Oh, they definitely are. Like, I, I really fuck with Keanu and Keanu Keith, but no, that was that was Ben's pick actually. It's. Uh, I don't even know he listened to them, so that was that was that was cool. That was a cool pick. It's in my uh, so this song is in my top five, just like songs of all time. Full stop. Fuck. I, nice. Yeah, yeah, I love this nice. song. Like, um, and then the reason I put it in there as well, it's kind of like, I mean, if you listen to Saving Face, like, we don't really sound like. Pianos come to teeth. I mean, if anything, would probably sound like older pianos come to teeth, a bit heavier. But like for me, with this song, it's like I didn't want to make a song that sounded like I don't want to make music that sounds like this song. I want to make music that makes you feel the same way this song makes you feel. It's more the thing. Like this song's not an influence on me necessarily musically and trying to recreate it, but it's more of like an emotion, like an emotional kind of response that I think that like this song achieves. And yeah, I think what I really love about, I mean. This genre is full of it, like that that kind of softer melodic, if you call it melodic hardcore emo, you know stuff like um yeah like that pianos album stuff like um the hotelier stuff like um that yeah a lot of it like if you took the lyrics and the vocals away from the music and just listened to the music on its own, it doesn't necessarily sound sad. It sounds it's almost a little bit ambiguous. It's quite beautiful in the way it sounds. Yeah. Um, and that's that's actually what I really love. And then then you get like a, a vocalist that jumps on and they and they tell a story over that. I think it's just like yeah. So if that song for me, it's just like it's just perfect. And like everything about it is just like it's very me. Like a um, an outro that just goes forever um, is me. Like I'm always getting my my song sections cut down by the rest of the band because <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> super like self indulgent. I'm just like no, let's let this section rip for just like five minutes. Like yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I just think it's so cool. Like, you know, maybe in this new Spotify age, you know, someone will listen to that song and go, why does this outro go for like three minutes? Like the same riff, but it's just like, it, I could, it could go for another five minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love the way you describe that because Dave, like we talk about this all the time, especially in the, in the genre. Like, I'm not sure are you a fan of Touche More? Oh Yeah. Like the song Harbour, I think that we've spoken oh, about it, David yeah. and I, like that's the same kind of thing where you don't know if the song's sad or happy, but it just mm. makes you feel so much, even like no vocals, right? So uh, for the most part anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, that outro is so like triumphant in that song. It's like, yeah, like picks up and yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and something got to be said about an aggressive band like that, being able to write a slower song, like almost like a ballad, I mean, yes, like, but yeah. It's yeah, it's so good. It's like some of my favorite songs from some of these heavier bands are are these other slower ones because they they get you feeling more than some of the other ones in different ways. Yeah, for sure. Fuck, that's great. Oh, this is a good pick. I really, I really like this one. Mm-hmm. And midway the like the big the playlist, like I think it came at a good time. So, yeah. Well, I guess we oh, should play that one and then uh, yeah. cover the other two on the other side. Oh, 
It still gives me sad But clouds my eyes
So we just listened to Say Nothing by Pianos Become the Teeth, and then we listened to Ghost by Counterparts. Um, awesome track. Who, who was this? I'm, I'm, are we at Ricky's um, last two now? Put my hand up, yes. Yeah. Ghost is Counterparts for me. Um, so Counterparts, I got them super early. Like I heard, I think, um, you know, God, I reckon I would have heard them Prophets era, so like 2010. I think that was in 2009. And I was just like, yeah, I think I heard them like in random YouTube videos, like sick breakdowns. And it was like the breakdown and like Goodbye Megaton. And I was like, oh, wow, these guys are fucking sick. And then, um, yeah, they put out, um, put out their first album. And um, I think Ghost was the first head, single I heard off that. And straight away, the dude's voice... Um, just resonated with me and at back of that stage I was playing in a pop punk band I was singing and I was like I'd try and do little screams but I was like couldn't do it and like I I saw myself more as a screaming vocalist because I was like you can convey so much emotion and energy through that mm. in a scream and I didn't really rate myself as a singer and so I was like okay well can I do deep screams like with the real lows like North Bay? No, I can't do that absolutely not that guy's a freak okay well why when I try and scream it's like a higher register what do I sound like? Fuck this guy from Counterparts. Like, I reckon I can kind of scream like him. And he does, like, in, in Ghost, towards the end, um, the um, Please Don't Forget My Face, I Won't Forget to Remember You. And he, he really raises the pitch in that. And there's a really small, slight controlled break in there. And I could just do that. And I was practicing my car, and I was like, you know, I'm going to try and do a cover of this. And it was the first song I ever covered. And I really liked it because the lyricism obviously is just so deep. Like it's about um, his grandma having dementia. My grandma passed away. Um, she had dementia before she died and it really rocked our family. And so that song was just so personal to me. And that was around the time when I started writing like lyrics and poems or poems that became lyrics. And so just all this at once, it was just the song meant so much to me as a, as a user and as a listener, I was like, this is such a beautiful song. It really resonates me with the lyric, the lyricism is something I'm personally have experienced. And then on a deeper level, I was like, I can actually play this song and cover it. And it was really cool because then that got me into practicing screaming because what I've been told and what I tell other people who are trying to learn how to yell or scream is, you know, if you're just starting out and you don't really know what you sound like, pick a song that you think maybe you could cover with a vocalist that you think when you scream, that's what you sound like and then cover all their songs and then you'll develop your skills from there because obviously it's a natural where your voice should sit. And so Brendan Murphy, I learned to cover all their early songs, you know, when he was more of a higher range sort of thing. Mm. And that really was my gateway into screaming. And then I just love that you could hear so clearly all the lyrics, like him as a vocalist, his pronunciation and how he screams out even when he does his really lows, even on the new album, Eulogy, you can hear every word he says. And now I was like, that's exactly what I want to be like as a vocalist. And I modeled so much in my early, like when I was a gateway into you know, trying to establish myself as a heavy vocalist, that's, and even writing lyrics, like his, his lyricism is so deep and so beautiful on so, in so many like, layers. Um, and yeah, I really modeled myself early on in, in Brandon Murphy and I, I still do model myself on him. And like, I, I still listen to that song to be honest. Like before we came on today, I listened to that song today. And it still makes me feel the same as I heard it, you know, 10 years ago. It's such a beautiful song. And there's just so much emotion you can hear through his voice. And that's, you know, that's the thing. In, in, they've written four albums, five, one, two, 
four albums since then, and that's still my favorite song by Counterparts. I don't care if they get more technical. I don't care if they get heavier. I don't care if he has all these different vocal techniques. His voice, he would have been 20, 25. No, not even. He, like, not even, he would have been like 20 years old when he wrote that. And as someone who self-proclaims having um, undiagnosed ADHD when he's younger, being suicidal, and you can just hear that his voice is embodying that, like a really conflicted kid at that time, and that's what he's letting out, and that's what I felt like I was letting out at that age time as well. And so I still feel the same when I hear that song now at 30. Fuck, that's, that's, that's awesome. Special song. Love that. Special song. Special song. He's a special guy, even though he makes He's a special guy. Jokes, he, uh, like we, on the episode that came out today, Phil and I both talked about him, like I was, saw him in end. And the contrast mm-hmm. between those two performances that he does is, is totally crazy. It's blowing my mind. It's absolutely fucked how good he is in doing vocals for counterparts in the end. Like I just seen that. Did you go to the counterpart show uh, with uh, Architects? Yes, went to counterparts. Yes, that was phenomenal. It was unreal. <laughs> it was great. Oh, because you had like a lot of mixed crowd there, right? Mixed you know, crowd, yeah. For Thornhill, a lot of there for um, for architects, and I reckon majority of the people there because counterparts got put on that last minute. I think yeah. there must have been something, but you know, whatever. They were last minute inclusion. A lot of those people would have had tickets because tickets were on sale for like five months. Ages, that. yeah. So a lot of the younger crowd and maybe just in general, people would have been there for architects and counterparts, even though for us who, you know, knowledgeable in the heavy scene, counterparts are like, you know, they're, they're bread and butter. Yeah. But for a lot of people in the wider music community, they'd be like, Who the, what, what, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. people wouldn't have heard counterparts. And like, I just saw so many people there when they came in, um, when, they, when they played Flesh to Fill Your Wounds. You just saw these like, like <laughs> people like, what the fuck is about to happen? Yeah. And then like he's, he's still such a smile. He's like, come on, dummy, open this shit up. Yeah. Piss me off. Yeah. And then they just drop the biggest fucking breakdown. And then these people are just like part in the middle of this big pit that they're like, why? I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. 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 They're, they're so fucking good. I love that he's like such a good vocalist and all that. But then like, if you listen to him, I've heard him talk on podcasts before. He talks about him learning vocals. He's just sort of like, yeah, I don't really warm up. I just fucking yell. It's easy. Like, yeah, it's fucked. Like, it's know. actually crazy how like little he gives a fuck about anything, really. Yeah, he's like, he's like, why, why do people, why do people like look up to me? He's like, I just fucking yell. Like, it's... Fuck yeah. <laughs> I think those two counterparts said in the end set two of the best shows I've seen this year. Um, yep. Were you were there, were you? Yeah, I was at the uh, Sydney ones. Um, and it was just like, especially end. Like I, I was in awe for like the first three tracks. Like that was a guy who did counterparts, and I know like it's still heavy, and but it's just different. And I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around it. It's the same guy. But, well, you can hear even on like because obviously ends like heavy, and he uses like a lot of his lower register and end. Um, you can even hear like you know the real high pitched deathcore squeal. He does yeah. that in two spots in breakdowns on the new counterparts album Eulogy, which. I just assumed he could yeah. do all those techniques, but he just never did it. And so you see that now, obviously, being an end is obviously sort of rubbed off on him and influenced him for counterparts. Yeah. And you just hear that in their music. It's like, fuck, is there anything this guy cannot do? <laughs> but he's so mm-hmm. chill about it. It's, yeah. yeah. That's, and that's what I mean. I think it also plays to it, like, just speaking outside of the song Ghost, like, in general, like, he's just such a, sounds like such an all-round dude with, like, no ego whatsoever and it just makes yeah. it even easier to like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He talks so much shit on Twitter. It's the best. Like, it's half, oh, the, half the reason I use Twitter, to be honest, is to <laughs> see what the fuck he's up to. He's like, um, who's, was it Elon tanking his own stock? He's just yeah. trying to tank counterparts, but yeah. it doesn't work. It just makes people like him more. Yeah. Maybe that's Elon's plan. Yeah. 
Maybe he has stocks and counterparts. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Good track. So, Great track. I guess last track. Um, I guess unlovable by worthwhile. Big one. Ah, uh, yeah. So that was that was my one. Um, so worthwhile. I got onto them when they put their first EP out called Miracle Me, and that was 2011, maybe. Or 2012, and they were like a that was like when the end of the set your goals, like pop punk hardcore era. So they were just like breakdowns and like drop D, but then like you know, then the random chant of like never gonna let this go and like um gang vocals. But then the dude, James Taylor or James Tyler, I don't know how to pronounce it, probably was a T Y E L. Anyway, his vocals were just like this, like sort of like really desperate and emotional sort of yell when he did it but it wasn't like a yell i'd ever heard before and then i didn't really think any of it i sort of forgot about the band because you know in myspace days youtube days looking up bands and then i saw melody save me come out and that was their first single off their first full length Mm. um carry on kid and i was like worthwhile i've heard that band before and then i just heard it and i just was so moved by that song and then unlovable came out the next single and that was the you know the sort of the basis in the lyrical theme to their um, to their full length carry on kid, and what I love about that song is the dude's lyrics, like all the other songs, they're positive hardcore lyrics. They're not they're not like a lot of melodic hardcore mm. where you're like you hear people and it's like you know it's really sad or somber lyrics. And he has the same aggression and the same style but different. And instead, he's talking about positivity. And even better, what I really liked is, I'm not a man of faith at all. His lyrics were all religious based, or the majority mm. of them. He kept, and I was just saying, oh, this guy really likes his, his he likes his father, like he's got into it. And it didn't click until I'd listened to that album 20 times. Can't see yourself through your father's eyes. Oh, he's talking about God. I'm like, well, hang on. That's the beauty of art, right? It's subjective to the user. And yeah. so he's made something so great and so perfect that it speaks to him and it speaks to me in a different way and I'm getting something out of it just as much as he is putting into it and getting out of it himself. And I'm like, that's beautiful. And so I listened to all the lyrics in the album and he did a lot of, um, for unlovable vagrant and melody saved me. He did like, he did uh, like an interview on YouTube on their YouTube account. And it was basically like talks to the lyrics and, and, it, and the one that just spoke to me so much was unlovable. Um, it's pretty much about being born again and learning to love yourself. And in a, in a, world where I was discovering melodic hardcore and there was a lot of like really sort of sad lyrics. It was just so cathartic to hear someone saying, I love myself and like the lyrics, I'm loved, I'm alive. The first song, the first time I heard that, the first listen, I was singing along and I was like, it, it was just so, it was so beautiful hearing it because like, like I said, it's such a contrast in a genre where everyone else is being sad and he's, he's really picking up the pieces and he's turning, it was like a real strength, right? Um, and then on his delivery in that strong, like there, there's no voice I've ever heard like James's voice. And the same as the verse vocalist, you can hear that he means every single word. You listen to everything that he says. And like, the music's amazing. Like worthwhile could have had another vocalist and it would have been great. But would it have been as impactful if they didn't have James as a vocalist? Probably not. Mm-hmm. He's so unique. And to this day, I've never heard anyone that I rate in the same as a lyricist or as a vocal delivery um, um, artist as James. I just think it's just so unique 
Um, yeah, and like if you if you read any of the lyrics, like I know you guys are worthwhile fans as well. Like I still listen to that album, Carry On Kid. That's played once a week, and it's going to continue to play once a week. It still feels like the first time. Like I could literally listen. I went to a stage when they put out their second album. I went to a stage where I just listened to Worthwhile like repeat, 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 oh, repeat for months, and it's just influenced me so much as a writer. Like his, I guess, like yeah, like I said, arts in the sort of eye of the beholder, like. I write in a lot of metaphors and I write, you know, sometimes it's just plain Jane, this is, this is what it is, but I've got a lot of the metaphors that I write in from his lyricism. So I owe a lot of my writing to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can literally talk all day about Worthwhile. If you want to do a separate episode on Worthwhile. <laughs> we might have to go. And, why, might have and to. why I think that they should come back and do a tour and should release more albums. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll talk all day about it. Um, but yeah. and, and you know what I will add as well with Unlovable, transitioning out of their era is like the breakdown pop punk era of you know hardcore when they was transforming from that set your goals early four years strong sort of stuff. The breakdown, like the the song alludes to, it's going to go into a breakdown. Like the whole album's like mature from a lot of hardcore in that transition era. Yeah. But then you know the part where it like builds up, it's like Unlovable, come oh, on. Fuck. But before that. It's like a start of a breakdown. It's like a teaser. Yeah. And it's just, it still makes you feel like, oh, fuck, what's going to go up happen here? And instead, they just turn into this really cool section. And then when the song dies down again, breathe in, breathe out, stay strong. That's what I told myself. It's just like this constant repetition of positivity. And it's just, yeah. It, like I said, the first time I listened to it, I, I knew every word. Yeah. And if you can, if you can be yelling something, and the first time someone hears that, it can have that much of an impact on someone then I think that's your job as a melodic hardcore vocalist. And I think no one does it better than him. No. I think what was really cool was because I had never heard, I, my first introduction to the band was that album. I remember Dave introduced it to me. Mm-hmm. But going back, I guess we found that EP on SoundCloud and they had kind of a version of this track that had like gang vocals in it. It felt like a weird pop punk, hardcore-y kind yep. of track. And it almost felt like a different track in, in so many ways. And I think... Like what you just said about the first time you heard that song, like I think that's definitely how I felt. Um, and I know Dave, you absolutely loved it too. Yeah, um, I get the same. I got the same feeling from when I listened to Worthwhile when I first heard Be Well. So Brian McTurn and Delivery. I'm not sure if you guys are fans of of Be Well, but the way that Brian McTurn kind of storytells on his songs, his delivery, the vocal breaks, is just kind of the hardest hitting in the scene for me currently, like of active, active people. Like he just hooked me straight away mm-hmm. uh, with his stories and, and stuff like that. Um, they're an incredible band, but worthwhile. Oh, I, I, we were super late. Like I super think, late. yeah, like 2020, like 2021 or something. I found them and just was like looking around for stuff and found this playlist and someone had them on there. I'm like, Oh, this looks interesting. It doesn't look like a, melodic hardcore cover artwork or anything yeah. and I put it on I was like oh my god this is incredible it was like 30 seconds into the first song mm. and message feels straight away I'm like you need to stop what you're doing and listen to this right now this it took me like another two weeks before. but I got there yeah, two <laughs> weeks later he's like listen to that album it's really fucking good <laughs> I'm like I told you but hey it's um and then we found out they weren't around anymore so we were just oh just so sad <laughs> Uh, I, I, I DM them like 
probably every six months than I have since they... I was actually in the States when they... No, seriously, man, I'm that guy. I don't fucking care. If they play another show, I told them, and they've said to me, look, we don't think we're ever going to play another show because it was a 10-year anniversary of Carrying on Kid this year. I was like, low-key also hoping that they'd fucking sell me one of the copy of their records because I'm dying for it, but mainly if they play another show, I'll, I promise you, I will fly over there for that show because I was in the States when that happened, and I was at another festival that I already had tickets for, and I it, it kills me that yeah. I didn't go. Like, they had movements on their last show as, like, the main support. Like, it just would have been, yeah. like, proper pro- proper California show. Like, I think it was a chain reaction, maybe, or no, it was a smaller venue. But either way, like, that would have been fucking incredible to go to. So if they play again, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. I, I was that guy with uh, Casey messaging them all the time, and then they finally <laughs> hey, came you got back. What you wanted. I got what I wanted, <laughs> but they're fucking in America, and I'm broke as fuck. <laughs> surely they're going to tour you, dude. Yeah, right? yeah, surely. surely. Yeah. If they're putting out another album... They'll be, they'll be touring here. 100%. 100%. Uh, well, I guess we'll play that one and then we'll, um, we'll catch you guys on the other side and then we'll uh, let you go. Take 
so that was worthwhile unlovable what an epic track um that's the that finishes off the the five songs that ben and ricky have poured in thank you guys so much for uh bringing this in uh is there anything that you guys want to plug before we uh kind of close things off you're the plug man ricky I'm the plug man. I mean, how much am I allowed to plug? Plug as much as you want. <laughs> I'm looking at Ben. Like, what am I allowed to plug? Uh, plug a single. Um. All right. Yeah. So, Make Amends is out this Friday, or by the time you hear this, it would have been just come out. On, yeah. Uh, last Friday. Thirtieth. Yeah. Last Friday, thirtieth of June. Um. Uh, it's probably both of mine and Ben's favorite tracks on the EP. Um. Just because it, yeah, I feel like it's it, it encapsulates us perfect. It's just straight off the block, high energy, heaps of emotion in it, and there's a fun little time signature change. Somewhere through the song, that I guess on first listen, I reckon it's going to throw a lot of people off. But once once they hear it the second time, they're going to know, and it's going to make heaps of sense. And when I got that, I was once I worked out what it was, I was like, this is fucking incredible. Hmm. Um, so I hope that other, other people can feel that as well. Um, we got some other stuff in the works for later in the year. Um, yeah, look, if our EP is coming out, I assume we're going to be playing an EP launch for that. Um, so definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And um, we're going to be trying to go into state next year, definitely. So keep your eyes. Next year, making me, well. yeah. making me wait. Making me wait. Yeah, Mr. Sydney. Mr. Sydney. If you want, if you want to run, oh, run a Sydney show. Fucking yeah, I could, show. Fuck, Dave and I have spoken about it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing though. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if you like the uh, like the single, definitely keep an eye out because there'll be an announcement for an EP coming in the next little while as well. You got you guys said before you cheeky you spoke about uh, lead singles and music videos. You got something in the works for that as well. Uh, I caught uh, that. I should have caught that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got a video coming out as well in yeah July sometime. July, yeah. Fuck yeah, that's mad. Um, and we've got some other. We do something pretty cool. Oh, yeah. um, a log. I oh, know. Can we talk about that or no? Nah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> It'll be cool. That, it's that, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, after the EP comes out, um, there's some other content you'd probably want to check out later in the year that we might start releasing around maybe September, October sort of stuff. Fuck um, it, you're joking. So, More music? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Um. Possibly. What's to do with this band? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're pretty lucky. This band. We, yeah. We've got heaps of content, which is actually good. It's probably like a good problem to have. and Yeah. So, keen to get it all out. It's always good when your bands have uh, have music in the pocket ready to go. It's, oh, uh, it's good, because usually like, bands will release one song and then be like, okay, let's play a show. And then they'll be like, shit, we got to write another song. Like, we're trying. <laughs> I'm like... Ben is like a library of songs, so we definitely don't have that problem, which is good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just a matter of getting them all out now, so, um, yeah. No, well, we absolutely appreciate you boys coming on. Um, you guys have just been the nicest dudes, and I think coming up on Friday was just awesome. So, yeah, thanks heaps for the five tracks. Thanks heaps for the chat, and, uh, yeah, so keen to see what you guys do. No. Hey, to anyone listening to this, um, Phil drove all the way from Sydney down to Melbourne to see our first show on Friday. So if you're listening to this, make sure you give this guy a hug if you ever see him. <laughs> that is the biggest effort ever, man. Like, fucking yeah. huge. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. No, we appreciate it. Yeah, no, we appreciate it, man. 
obviously, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, yeah, for giving this opportunity. It's all good. Yeah, very happy we got to come ch- uh, chat with you guys. Thanks so much for having us on. No worries, boys. Thank you. We'll uh, speak to you soon. Amazing. Yeah. See you, boys. See you, guys. Catches. See you, guys. Bye. How good was that? Oh, incredible. Thank you to uh, to Ben and Ricky for coming on. Uh, it's it's just incredible talking to these people who are so passionate about the uh, the tunes that we, we also love, and it's uh, just a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's been awesome. Like, I think we briefly spoke about it in the episode, but I've been talking to Ricky for a few months now, I feel like, and um, just seeing him, like, all of the talk before that, playing the show, talking to him on this pod today, I guess learning so much about what influenced them as musicians, but also the band. Just awesome, and I think this is the first time we've done a format with a band um, with this kind of format with the mixtape around this theme. So I think it was good. I learned a heap, um, and I hope people listening at home, you enjoy it too. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, so much fun and can't wait to do some more in the future because it's, uh, I think it's it's why we, it's the subconscious yeah. reason why we started the pod is just to talk to people for this exact reason and this conversation is. Yeah, influences what you like and why it's the yeah. best. Well, thanks everyone for listening so far. Uh, please don't forget to follow, subscribe and leave a review and rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Helps the show a lot. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at press.con.pod on both both platforms. For sure. And uh, as we mentioned every week, we have launched the Press Conference Society on Facebook. Uh, please go on and join that. Um, get involved in the combo early mail on some episodes. Um, we want to get your ideas for future episodes as well. Um, and as always, like they mentioned at the top, obviously leaving reviews really good, but just let us know um, what you think of the show. Uh, we, we get good feedback from a lot of you um, and it really helps us try to try to improve, I guess, as we go, um, as we're only into year two. So yeah, we really do appreciate it. Um, yeah. We'll see you on the next one. So I guess. Yeah, well, I guess we should play their new oh, track. Yes. Um, just to plug it one more time, I know that the boys plugged it before they left, but uh, this is coming out on Tuesday. Um, the Friday beforehand, the boys dropped Make Amends, their third single mm-hmm. from their upcoming or future release, I guess. Um, so we might leave with that track. Um, Enjoy. It's a fly that I cry.